This is Jackets Debrief, a show about the Columbus Blue Jackets, the National Hockey League, and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Hey everyone, welcome to the big uh, show here, starting the week off right, starting with some Blue Jackets talk, even though the team's not much worth talking about, but hey, it'll be a good time. Uh, Giving you a heads up on today's show um uh, i normally if there's a sunday game i try and do the show after the game uh but with tonight the game being at seven and if they were in a playoff race i would probably uh go to the effort of making sure we had the game going then you know had did the show afterwards but but they're not we all know it so that's just we're just gonna move on here but you know what you should never move on from you know what you should never make sure to skip that's right, playing daily fantasy with DraftKings. So, hey, with that, DraftKings, you get shots at uh, millions of dollars in prizes every day. Uh, it's simple. Pick your lineup, stand to the salary cap, see how your team stacks up against the competition there. Uh, Monday night's a nice full night of hockey. Um, it's a great night to play. Games I'll be watching that night. Uh, probably Hurricane Stars, because I'm very interested to see if the Stars can keep kind of running, keep trying to make this run into the playoffs. Um Canadians Flames, that one that one starts a little early, 6.30. So I want to see who, you know, if the Flames can keep going. Um, and then out of the late games, probably Coyotes Sharks. Because, I'm again, these these bubble playoff teams like the Coyotes are going to be there. They're interesting to me. So that will probably play Avalanche Blues kind of there too. Nice thing is you just kind of end up having multiple games going at once most nights anymore. But, hey, that's what I would do there. But, hey, with DraftKings, again, make sure to use that promo code THPN. What you do, you download the DraftKings app. Use code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in action with free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN. You can get a free shot at all that money. Uh, minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, folks. Um, National Hockey League standings. The Blue Jackets are bad. Uh, they are, as far as points go, they are in 27th place. Uh, by points percentage, they are in 27th place. So they are where we thought they were. Um, 39 points. They're at the bottom of the division now. It, Detroit is up three points on them now. Columbus has a game in hand, but teams won eight and one in their last bit here. They've lost five straight. It, it's been a bad season. Um, I mean, we all know that at this point. So. No reason to beat a dead horse with it. Uh, as far as the draft goes, right now they've got their sixth best odds at number one overall at 7.5%, 15.3% chance of getting the top two. Uh, so, I mean, this team could jump in the lottery. I mean, it, it, there are all sorts of things could happen for them. We'll see what happens there. Last couple of games, I mean, it's just... As you know, around here, the numbers we tend to look at when it comes to how they performed in a game tends to be the five-on-five scoring venue adjusted for for Corsi and then the expected goals for percentage. It's not been good. Um, I mean, it's again, these aren't nights where they're just, oh, they're just having a bad night and they're unlucky. They're just getting beat. Um, the last game where they had a chance and did have, you know, maybe maybe should have won uh, back on the 15th, they played the Stars. That one was about a toss-up. The expected goals for was at about 50%. 
before that last game they played where you could, I think you could look at and say, yes, the Blue Jackets outplayed their opponent. Uh, when they played the Blackhawks in the 10th and lost 4-3, that night they had 56%. But in these last couple of games, like against the Lightning, 43.22% of expected goals for in the 5-1 loss, 5-1 loss, 5-1 loss to the Panthers, 34.15%. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, they're not playing the way you want them to. They're not getting shots from where they need to. I mean, we're 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 hitting a point of like today, tonight's game. Uh, Andrew Peak's not getting on the ice; he's sitting on the taxi squad. While we're getting, you know, Bay or Gavin, I think it's Gavin Bayreuther in. Which, I mean, maybe that's still somebody you think is going to be something. I don't know. I, I'm on this season. I've just kind of thrown my hands up in the air. I'm kind of glad Foodie's just in Cleveland, just getting time. We've got a few guys that are doing that. We've got a few guys in Cleveland who are just kind of biding their time. Um, as far as who's playing with the monsters right now, pull that up real quick here. But I mean, at this point, the, the monsters are kind of, Yeah, uh, big news today. Uh, Tarasov was called up to the taxi squad, so we'll see what what happens there. That tends to make you think that he may get a game in before the end of the season. But, I mean, that would mean putting either Elvis or... or uh, I mean, it may just be getting him up in Columbus so they can, they can have him work with some of the Columbus players. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, where we're at at this point... Uh, Where are we at? Yeah, Liam Foodie in his 10 games played, he's at 14 points, 3 goals, 11 assists. So he's doing well. Tyler Angle, uh, one of the other young guys that, that they're talking about there. Um, in 14 games, 15 points, 8 goals, 7 assists. Uh, Carson Meyer, the Ohio State product, in 17 games, 16 points. So, I mean, we've, we've got some guys doing well in the A. We'll see what happens. I think right now the plan is probably just to play out the season with who we've got in Columbus and then let that happen going forward there. But but I mean, I, I kind of something I kind of wanted to, to discuss a little bit is how this is affecting these guys. So I'm going to play a clip. Uh, it's from if you're a Blue Jackets fan, you have probably seen this with uh, you've probably seen this uh, already in terms of, or you've probably heard this audio already in terms of uh, Elvis Merzlingen's post game the other night. So I'm going to play that here. I'm tired. Like I'm tired of uh, of losing the game. I, I know we are trying, but uh, this is getting embarrassing. Like uh, it's it's just it it is what it is. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. Uh, uh, it, it's painful. I mean, uh, sitting in that locker room and trust me, we are trying. Like we seriously are trying. We didn't give up, but uh, it, it's it's just really so bad year. I think that I mean, I just want to finish it and. 
delete this year and not think about it. Yeah. I and then today, Brian Hedger had a uh, had a quote from Oliver Bjorkstrand, who, if you remember the other night, <laughs> broke his nose when a puck hit him in the face. Um, the quote here. Uh, yeah, I mean, you've got to try and stay loose to some extent. You know, you don't want to be in a bad mood the whole day. So I think guys just have to lift each other up by joking around even when we can, you know, to try and create a good mood. Obviously, it's not fun losing these game, hockey games, and we want to be better. But you're right. It's also important to put a smile on your face sometimes. You can't just go around being depressed all day. It definitely won't help you win games either. I think there is a place we're at right now, and I think part of it is this organization. It's been a few years since we've had a season like this, which is good. Um, I mean, even even bef- the last couple of seasons before this team made the you know started their their kind of their playoff streak of game of years, uh, there wasn't. I mean, they're you know they were a competitive team. They were kind of staying in the race a little bit and winning games. And so this is a hard, hard season for a lot of these guys. Um, what I'm taking as a positive from these discussions here is you want that losing to still be kind of hard on them. You don't want them comfortable with the losing. And I think that's good. I think that's a thing that we've maintained because something I, I talk about and, and a lot of people do um, is there is an importance of culture with a team. Uh, and you want to maintain that culture of a team that is sick, that doesn't want to lose. And that's what I'm glad to see. It's the reason tanking is a bad thing. Now, I joke around on Twitter with people about this team tanking. They're not. This isn't a true tank. A tank would have been coming into the season and, and from day one saying, let's trade Felino, let's trade Savard, let's do this, let's do that, and let's go for that number one pick early. And and all the young guys who we can just keep them in Cleveland the whole year, you know, run out there a lineup that just doesn't even look like we're trying to win. Um, and we've seen teams do that. This isn't what this was. Now, what happened at the trade deadline this year, trading away the guys you did, it's acknowledging the reality of the situation, saying, okay, we're going to develop who we can for the rest of the season. I don't think when they traded away those guys, I don't think anybody imagined them just having this incredible losing streak at the end of that. That's awful. I hate it. I want to see this team win. I am still the kind of fan who is going to watch all the rest of these games because it's just what I'm going to do. But it's good to see that they're still maintaining that mindset that they don't want to lose. So I'm happy to see that. Um, Very happy to see that here. Uh, Jumping into our next story here. Uh, Story came out. I'm just going to read it here. It's from... MetaRatings.ru, uh, filed by Mr. Stanislav Simonov. Uh, from, it's from Russia here. This is a translated version of the story. So if what you saw was different, they just may be the translate software work, work different for you. Heck, maybe you can read the original Russian. Vanguard forward Igor Chinikov is likely to continue his career with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Until April 30th, Chinikov has a valid contract with Vanguard and the Memorandum of Mutual Respective Contracts between the NHL and KHL excludes the formal signing of the contract before the expiration of the previous term, the press service of the Omichi said. It's reported that the term of the Blue Jackets agreement with Chinnikov will be three years. It will be signed in the near future. The 20-year-old forwards contract with Vanguard runs until April 30th, 2021. In last year's NHL draft, Columbus selected the Russian forward in the first round. In the first round. 
This season, the Russian has 17 points in 32 games of the KHL regular season. Uh, and they have a utility rating of negative two. I don't know what a utility rating is. But that's just plus minus or what that is or it's a translation thing. In the playoffs, Chinikov scored seven points in 19 games with a utility of two. Uh, at the moment, the player together with Vanguard takes part in the final of the Gagarin Cup. So, um, I kind of wondered this last year. When the Blue Jackets drafted Chinikov, if you remember when that happened, uh, there was a story that Vanguard, his club over there, offered him an extension. I forget if it was a two-year extension or a four or something like that, but they, they offered him an extension. And that's not uncommon, where what will happen is when a Russian forward has their path to the NHL, of saying, hey, you know, it, it's kind of like what Elvis did, where when the option was, hey, if you sign with the Blue Jackets now, you're going to be playing in the AHL, his decision was, well, I'll just stay home. Once I get a chance at the NHL, that's when I'll come over. But Chinikov, had, the fact that he passed up that contract made me wonder what was going on. Now, here's the thing about Chinikov. What is his con- contribution to the team? The idea is he's a scorer. He's a scoring winger. He's something the Blue Jackets do not have enough of. His agent, in in a quote in a different story, I don't think it's here, but I, he said that he thinks Chinikov's ready for the NHL. You wonder if there have been conversations between Chinikov's agent and the Blue Jackets and saying, hey, if he comes over, the plan is for him to be with the Blue Jackets, not to be going to to the AHL. So you wonder there. You wonder what we're going to be seeing. Um, I'm interested to see what happens. Here's the thing. don't He's not going to be playing this season in Columbus. That's not going to happen because you're not going to sign him so you can get him over here to play one game with the Blue Jackets before the end of the season. My guess is after the Gagarin Cup is over, he signs his contract and it'll start next year and it'll start his entry level. That's one of the things about this report. They refer to it as a three-year contract. I mean, that's the standard entry-level contract in the NHL. So that would be my guess as to what's going to happen. Very interesting stuff. So we'll see what happens there. All right. going to have a quick word from our friends with the Hockey Podcast Network, and I'll be right back. He's my brother, Mike. He's my brother, Matt. And we are the brothers of discussion hosting Red Wings Rant, where tirades and impassioned pleas about your Detroit Red Wings finally have a vote. In a season mired in tragedy and despair, we are here to be your audible Earl Grey to bring joy, placidity, and perspective to one of the roughest eras of Red Wing history. Ah! We honor the past, find the positives in the present. I swear they're there. And paint the picture of what's to come in the winged wheels future. Paul Woods here on the radio broadcast of your Detroit Red Wings, and I'm going to play games like, Who's that? Who's that come on. Where Matt has to try and guess quotes pulled right out of context for Jeff Blashaw, and we got to figure out who that Red Wing is. <laughs> Every episode, we put ourselves in the legendary shoes of Steve Eiserman and play Be the GM, finding ways to ice a competitive team while accumulating assets for the franchise's future. We also shoot the breeze. Some of the great local and national voices in Red Wings hockey, including Ken Kell and Keith Gave and Greg Wachinski and Ryan Lambert. Check us out every Monday and Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. And check us out live every Wednesday and Sunday for Red Wings reactions and live conversations with you on our YouTube channel, The Brothers of Discussion. 
All right. So the NHL had their GM meetings this week. Uh, apparently, it's very different post COVID or in the COVID times. Instead of them going to a you know swanky hotel in Florida and you know having three days of sun and surf and then doing some meetings, apparently it's about a two and a half hour Zoom call. So important things to know out of it. Um, we're looking at next season training camp opening September twenty second and the season opening October twelfth. Uh, and getting getting things going there, which is cool. Um, the draft's going to be virtual again this year. Uh, so we're going to see how that goes. They want to try and make it a little smoother, a little quicker there. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. But it's nice to know that we're getting there uh, and that those things are being, being handled here. Now, one thing that was interesting... Um, apparently, Yarmo Kekalainen in, introduced these meetings a change to the puck over the glass rule. And I, I think it's probably the right... It, I think it'd be interesting to see it. I mean, it's right now it being an automatic two-minute penalty. Feels like one of the things the punishment doesn't fit the crime, considering how many cross-checks we see and so many other things that get missed. But puck over the glass is two minutes when so many other things aren't. Essentially, what hit his adjustment was that the penalty only happens if you think the player has full control of the puck. Um, uh, kind of just the way, the same way the puck needs to be controlled, established during a penalty. Otherwise, if a defensive player deflects it over the glass or just like, you know, the puck's coming at him and he just kind of smacks at it real quick, like you see him do on defense a lot, then it would essentially just be like an icing. Uh, I heard a conversation about this and I, it made perfect sense to me to get rid of the penalty because the lay of game is something that the referees can call all the time anyway. Like if a, if a player's like, oh no, my skate's broken, and they go over and the goalie takes too long to do it, the referees can just call the lay of game. Um, they don't need it to be a puck over the glass to do it. The rule's there. So if they see a player intentionally throw the puck over the glass, even if the rule doesn't exist that it has to be a penalty, they could still call the penalty if they think the situation warrants it. Um, so I, I think probably changing it's probably a good idea. So that's what I would go with. Some interesting stuff for next year too. Uh, apparently the NHL has started two different, they, they're presenting teams with essentially what it sounds like two different ideas on how to schedule next season. Option one is very similar to what we had in the in a regular normal season. You have a home-and-home home with the opposing conference. That's 32 of your games. Three games versus the other division in your conference, 24 games. The remaining 26 games within your division, which means you would have four versus five of the teams in your division and three versus the other two in your division. And they've said apparently this would have, they would go back to a conference-style playoffs. Where it's one versus eight, two versus uh, one versus eight, two versus uh, seven, and so on and so on. And I can understand the reasoning with that because all of us, because what you're doing in that type of scheduling, you're de-emphasizing the importance importance of division games because there's only four teams in the league that you play, or there's only five teams in the league that you play four times. Everyone else in your conference, you've played three times. So it's the it's not as heavily weighted to because like the idea before is if you're playing these conference games or you're playing all these division games, 
if a team got well, let's use this year for example. Let's take the the setup right now. If you have Florida getting to say, well, you know, if you have somebody saying, look, you guys play all those games against the Blue Jackets who are bad this year, then the the top three teams in our division, you know, they got to play all those games against the Blue Jackets. Where if you're in something like the uh, I'm trying to think of a different division where things are more competitive. The um, the West, there isn't a team nearly as just outright bad in the West uh, as there is here. So it's 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 a little different. Option two, which I'm very interested in, you have a home a home. You have a home and home with the other three divisions. So the idea is that you only play. Like, you know, in a regular year, so the Blue Jackets, they would only play teams like Detroit twice instead of having three or four games with them because they're in the same conference. Or they would only, you know, go play, they would only go play Montreal once, that sort of thing. So you'd have a home and home with the other three divisions. Then you'd have four games with everybody in your division. So it would go back to the idea of your division being a little more important because of of the, the disparity there. So that'd be 48 games at the home and home with the other three divisions, 28 games um, with the opponents in your own division. And then there'd be six games left over for special scheduling. And then you'd have a division style playoff uh, like we've had before, which I like the division style playoffs. I know a lot of people don't, but that's, I like it. So an option that goes with that's fine by me. What I'm interested by is these six games left over for special scheduling. The idea here is this is kind of a bone being thrown to the Canadian teams because the Canadian teams seem to like the idea of having the Canadian mm-hmm. division where you get more games against you know the other Canadian teams cuz something that like Vancouver and Edmonton you know these teams like is you get to play teams like the Maple Leafs and the Canadians more than once or more than a home and home I, I mean you can see how this would go with these six leftover games the Canadian teams all getting a third at least a third game with each other um, so you've played all the other Canadian teams at least twice or at least three times, uh, both for their TV stuff and the TV guys like it. And then in the States, I'm, I mean, some of these would go a little differently. What you might see are if, again, going back to the idea of we're going back to the Metro and the East and, and all that, I think what you would end up seeing is some things where like Detroit would get an extra game with Chicago. So instead of just seeing each other twice, you'd try and rebuild that rivalry a little bit with the third game. I don't know who Columbus's special games would be. Um, I'm not sure where that would go. Uh, but you get the feeling, you know, maybe like Arizona would want to get some extra games in with Vegas and, and LA kind of try and keep those West Coast rivalries alive. Uh, that kind of stuff is what you'd be seeing. Again, Columbus, it might be just getting in some more games against the old Central. Uh, an extra game with Nashville, an extra game with St. Louis or Chicago, that sort of thing. Just depends on what we see. But I, I, I'm interested in this idea here, so I'm, I'm kind of all for it. Uh, we had a story this week come out um, in The Athletic from Sean Shapiro uh, about who ESPN is going to be using kind of in their production stuff. Um, we are getting the sense that Steve Levy is probably going to be their big play-by-play guy. We're going to have a lot of John Butchagross, Linda Cohen, Valerie Melrose. The thing that I found most interesting in it is that um, Mark Gross, ESPN's senior vice president of production and remote events, recently told Front Office Sports that ESPN would like to hire an established newsbreaker similar to the role ESPN currently has in the NBA with Adrian Wojnarowski. 
I think Kevin Weeks would be interesting. I think he's kind of a rising star in hockey media. He This year, you started seeing him breaking some stuff, which was cool. Uh, but when he does, the thing about Kevin Weeks is he's very entertaining in that in that uh, color commentary role in, in providing the, the analyst role when you're doing a TV game. He's fun. He's high energy. So I could see him maybe being the guy. Or what would be very interesting is if you saw ESPN go out and poach one of the big names. Um, go hire a Chris Johnson or or Elliot Friedman or Darren Drager or Pierre LeBron or something like that. It'd be interesting to see that happen. Um, now, there's been discussion about how much ESPN is going to be using maybe TSN content. And I could see that expanding. I, I, now that I've started seeing that getting reported other places as opposed to just me wishing it would happen, I, I'm really interested in seeing that happen. Uh, you might see one of TSN's insiders pull double duty and, and kind of be ESPN's insider, but I don't know. Uh, today I was watching some of the ESPN presentation of the NBA and just seeing how they present the NBA makes me really excited to see what they're going to do with hockey. So I'm excited about that. Uh, next story here, and this may be it for the day. Yeah, this is it. Uh, it was reported on headlines that uh, last night, uh, Chris um, Chris Johnson of uh, Sportsnet, and remember, he was the guy who was kind of first in saying it looks like ESPN's getting the number one package before it was officially announced. He said um, that it looks like Fox has become a bigger player in trying to get these rights and that Apple may get some streaming rights. Which is interesting to think that Apple is going to be like, yeah, we want to go hockey as as our sport to really kind of break in on, which is interesting. Um, my guess is with that, you might see like one game a week that would be on kind of be kind of the way YouTube does uh, a, like an MLB game a week. My, that's my guess that you would see that out of out of Apple, something like that. If we get there, the Fox News is really interesting. Uh, and it makes sense for a lot of reasons because ESPN has so cornered the market on winter sports. Because think about it. Once football season's over. And even then, football is, for Fox, football's what? One night a week or one day a week is Sundays. So then the rest of the that part of the calendar year, I mean, once baseball's over in October for Fox, You've got football, and then I think they get some NASCAR starting up again in February. I forget if they're, I think they're the ones who show Daytona, but you've got months there where ESPN is dominating the calendar because they have the NBA. They have most college basketball rights. I think Fox still has like the college basketball rights for like what was the Big East, but let's be honest here, guys. It's not 19, you know, 1992 where everybody's like, oh, we got to watch the Georgetown uh, Syracuse game. So Fox, they've got they've still got FS1 and FS2 that they got to fill up time on. They've still got a broadcast network for sports. They've got to figure out a way to fill it. And I think they're looking over, and I think they're realizing the, NBC's like, well, we're shutting down NBC Sports Network. We're you know, there's been talk that NBC may be a little soft on on renewing the NHL. They don't want to do a big right. They don't want to do a big increase, maybe because they're trying to put more money into peacock and making sure they keep the premier league and all that kind of stuff i can see fox because here's the thing once ESP and once nbc lost that primary broadcast package rights I, I half wonder if nbc was like 
well, then we're not going to go above what we've already been paying because we're not going to pay more for less than what we had. So I can see ESPN, NBC went soft and was like, well, we're going to stay at like $200 million a year. And I can see Fox looking at it and going, well, if for an extra 20 or 30 or $50 million a year, we can get uh, a B package of, of games, which includes the Winter Classic, uh, which includes some playoffs, and which includes the Stanley Cup every other year. I mean, because I can, I can. Under, I, my guess is that ESPN, NHL will sign a seven-year deal with whoever they do the B package with, and that you know, if you get three Stanley Cups and you know playoff hockey and all that, you've got a lot of content now for your sports network. You've got stuff you can put on broadcast. You've got a sport you can throw on now on Saturday and Sunday afternoons in January and February when you're not showing football and, and evenings, I mean, it, it just, it makes sense as a way to go. So I'm interested. I, after seeing other sports presented on, you know, when you watch other sports, it, it feels like for a while and, and the NBC just got complacent with how they handled the NHL. So I, I'm kind of interested to see how this goes. So anyway, guys, thank you very much for watching and listening. Hopefully the Jackets win tonight. So you're listening to this after having beat Tampa. It's always fun to beat Tampa. I mean, I know we're not good this year, but if we beat Tampa, it just feels good. So thank you all very much, and go Jackets. Please subscribe to the show. Follow us on Twitter at Jackets Debrief, and thank you for listening.